Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans teaching. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, thankful to be here with the Word of God. Can you imagine? One day we'll look back and see really to the fullest extent or a whole lot more fully then how precious the Word of God really is, really was to us, really should have been. This is, this is what we call the Bible. This is God's breathing into the hearts of men what should be written for you and I so that faith could come, hope could come into our lives, assurance could come. Not only that there is a God, but that the only God that exists loves you and me, gave His only begotten Son for us to deliver us from this mess we're in and to give us a bright future full of hope and peace. And that's for all who believe in Christ. Praise be to God. Well, today we're in part 10 of Romans chapter 5. Uh, again, it's part 10 of Romans chapter 5. And uh, in, in case you are watching uh, live right now for the first time and you don't know about our YouTube channel, it's Curtis Hutchinson. 316. You can go there and see all of our worship services, all of our Galatians teaching, our Romans teaching, everything we do there. It's all uploaded to that YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. We have a website, thecrosswaychurch.com. There you can also uh, uh, see what's archived and you can donate and bless the ministry, help us do what we're called to do here. We're planning a church right now in this present time in Wichita Falls, Texas. The second weekend every month, we're there in the Hampton Inn, 4217 Kemp Boulevard. So please share that. If you know anyone that lives in that uh, region around Wichita Falls and let them know there is a church right now being planted and we're praying about that and we're involved in that and 104,000 people, they need a true gospel preaching church, praise God. So. I'm excited to be here again. We're here every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And again, I'd ask you, help us get that information out so people can tune in, they can listen, they can like that page, follow that page, and get alerts when we go live. And they can grab their Bibles and follow along because the most precious thing in this life, let me say it again, is you and I knowing what God has said, what God means, and by faith, finding the will of God for our lives. Jesus said, it's not everybody that calls him Lord's going to heaven, but those who do the will of the Father. So that's pretty important, and uh, we need to understand that. So here we are in chapter 5 today, the book of Romans. And I'll start in verse 14, but we're really going to run through, if we can today, verses 15, 16, and 17. Because what's happening here is the Lord, through the Apostle Paul, is showing the difference between the first Adam and the last Adam. The first one being that one formed of the dust of the ground, becoming a living soul that God gave the garden and uh, gave him one commandment, just don't eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He disobeyed God and we all, because sin came in, death came in, and now we're all sons and daughters of Adam, so we're all born into sin. And now he relates that also uh, contrast that rather to the last Adam, that being Jesus Christ, who's not a living soul, but who's a life-giving spirit. <clears throat> and you can find those scriptures in 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 47, if you're taking notes with your pencil. 
And so, uh, so let's back up to verse 14, and then we'll run through where we're going today. Of chapter 5, verse 14, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the likeness of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Adam was a figure of Christ to come. But importantly, let's say it again in this half-hour session, And we've already said it in the last two half-hour sessions, but we need to never forget this. Even though there was no law between Adam and the law he had, don't eat off the tree, before all those years went by, many, many hundreds of years went by before God gave Moses the law, there was no law. There was no law not to eat off any trees and there was no law, Ten Commandments. There was just men and women and, 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 and filling the earth and and they all died in their sin because they were sinners. So it doesn't matter. And that shows us we brought it out in the last session. You don't need a law to sin. You're a sinner when you get here and you just start naturally sinning. I know you've heard this, but it's worth saying many times. You don't become a sinner. I didn't become a sinner when I committed my first sin. I committed my first sin because I was born a sinner. We are sinners when we get here. That's why when you're just toddlers in the playpen, you'll pull some other kid's hair out to get that toy because it's just your nature. We're we're born in an evil world as darkness, the Bible says in in Ephesians chapter 5. We are sinners. We are darkness. Unless we're born again, we will die in that sinful state and be separated from God for, for all eternity. And so we need to be born again. That means believing in Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean head knowledge. Oh, yeah, yeah, I believe all that. It doesn't mean historical fact. It means, no, I give myself to that. By faith, I'm attached to that plan of God. I become, by faith, crucified with Christ, forgiven of my sins, buried, sins gone and washed away by His blood, raised to newness of life in Christ, to walk with Christ, with the power of God that comes to me by his spirit, praise God. So it's more than just going to church and reading your Bible and praying. None of those things can save you. But when you put your faith, when you believe upon Jesus Christ that died for you, you will at that moment be born again. Not when you go do something. Don't listen to men telling you you got to go do something. No, those men are still hung up in their works and they're they're eliminating themselves from God's grace. God's grace is what God does, not what you do. Hallelujah. So watch this. Uh, Verse 15, But not as the offense, also is the free gift. The gift is not like the offense. The gift is not like the trespass, not as the offense. And notice the word offense. Adam became an offense to God. How? Disobeying God. He offended God. The sacrifice of Christ was not to pay off the devil. Although when we sinned in the garden, we stepped under His authority and not God's because we obeyed His voice and not God's. But nevertheless, Jesus Christ didn't come to pay the devil off. He came to settle the offense that had been committed against God. And men, that's why the message of the cross is offensive. We offended God. 
We need to be more concerned about whatever it takes to get out of being an offense to God to be pleasing to God. And Adam became an offense to God, but the last Adam, Jesus Christ, became pleasing to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's good news. Watch this now. But not as the offense, that which offended God, the disobedient act of Adam and Eve in the garden. So also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, <clears throat> the offense of one. How many of you know it only took one disobedient act to become an offense to God? Now you and I in our life, we've, we've offended God, we've disobeyed God. I'd be willing to say millions of times in our 50-something, 60-something, 70-something, 40-30-year, 20 years, we, we've done many things committed many acts that are offensive to God. Why? Because we're born in that condition. We're born into this life as an offense to God. Why? Because sin is an offense to God. And you and I show up as sinners. And you might say, well, that's not fair. What do you mean it's not fair? It's not about what's fair to me and you. God is talking about what's fair to Him, what's right to Him, what's wrong to Him. What offended God was sin. And we show up in that condition. But we, and we can't say that, well, I wasn't there in the garden because here's the fact of the matter. You started sinning when you were born. It was, it was only weeks, months till you started lying, started whining about what you... And, and the older you got, the more you sinned until you got born again. And even after you and I were saved by the blood of Jesus and, and brought into the body of Christ, we've still committed sin. Sin is an offense to God. But when God looks at the born-again child of God, He sees, He looks at us through the blood. We, we often say here at Crossway Church that... <clears throat> God doesn't overlook sin. God looks through the blood at sin and forgives and delivers from sin. God doesn't just overlook sin. God's not overlooking sin. Those that come to Him through faith in Christ and what Christ did at the cross in the shedding of His blood, then God at that point looks at our sin looks at us through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. If that's where our faith is. If our faith is in money, if our faith is in confession, if our faith is in uh, 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 the purpose driven, the government of 12. Listen, God can't look at our sin through all we're doing. He can only look at our sin through what His Son did about our sin. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's good news. And let me tell you something. There's a difference between your position in Christ right now that you are at the right hand of God. The Bible says we're there, but we're also here. And last, in last night's message, uh, this came out. <coughs> Christ is our example. While He walked on this earth, He was headed to the cross. He's not there now. He's at the right hand of the Father. But you're on the earth. And you're to be headed to the cross every day denying yourself of whatever would hinder you from taking up your cross daily and following Him, which is really, biblically, just you keeping your faith in what He did for you at Calvary. That's your cross. Your cross is not your divorce or your uh, cancer or your bankruptcy or your whatever. You better know what your cross is. 
when those things come. Because if you think those things are your cross, you're in big trouble, my friend, and you'll never find victory. Oh, you'll make it through, but, but so does the world make it through. Everybody makes it through. It's how you make it through. It's how you come out. Glory to God. Praise be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't you just give the Lord a shout this morning. I know people tune in just to laugh at us, but God sees your heart. One day you'll wish, oh, with all your heart, that you join the ranks of those who loved God and God's Word and learned to love God's Word and just let everything else in this life be a wash away because it's all going to burn up anyway and we're involved. Get involved in the only thing that's everlasting. Your life, my friend, is a vapor and it's soon coming to an end. Could be today. And all that's going to matter is what you've allowed Christ to do with you. What you've allowed Him to do with you. That's all that's going to matter. Everything else is going to be burned up. Hell is, is full. It's overloaded. It's, it's stretching itself right now. The prophet Isaiah said hell is enlarging itself because God didn't create hell for people. He created it for Satan and all his demons and fallen angels. And, and, but, but men just refuse to accept God and, 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 and live for Him and, and let Christ be His Lord and, 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 and carry out the will of God in their lives. In all eternity in torment, they will say that God created me. God desired to use me, but I laughed at Him. I mocked Him. Remember, God says, He'll not be mocked. Those that thought they were mocking God were really only opposing themselves all their life but you don't have to live another day like that. You Listen, I remember the day when I made fun and mocked people that lived for God. I no longer do because I'm born again. I'm living for Christ and I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Those, who, those people who are ashamed, their faith is not in the cross of Christ because every person on the planet whose faith is in what Christ did at Calvary, there's a boldness there and a testimony and a witness unto God there. And if that's not there in your life, you're lost and on your way to a, a, a place of torment. Or if that boldness is not in your life and you are saved, you have been born again, it's because you've moved your faith. Your faith. You may say, no, preacher, I do believe in the cross. Well, tell yourself that. Don't tell me that. Tell the Lord right now. Won't you tell the Lord right now, Lord, I do believe in what you did for me at Calvary. It's, see, it's got to be like that. It can't just be a fly by, flying by thought. Well, yeah, I believe all that. No, no, no. Oh, no, that's the head, that's the tongue, that's not the heart. The heart is what God looks upon. He doesn't listen to your words that come out your mouth. He listens to what your heart speaks. You can find that in the New Testament. Jesus said, you draw near me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. God's not listening to our lips. He's listening to what our hearts say. There's where he deals with us. And that's why the Bible says in Romans 10 and 10 that it's with the heart men believe unto righteousness. Grab a hold of that. If you're not where you should be with the Lord, don't be waiting on some mystical, magical day and just wake up and it's going to be working for you. No, you have to violently, by faith, say, Lord, I believe in the sacrifice of Christ. I'm tired of playing games. I'm tired of laughing at those living for you. My life's a wreck. I want to be right with you. And when you find that place of desperation, God's going to give you what you need. It's not a mystical 
mystical, magical thing. You're going to wake up one day and just uh, decide to live for God. No, it comes violently, my friend. It's only through much tribulation that we enter into the kingdom initially or daily. It is a violent taking of what God freely offers you. Not a working for, but it takes a violent faith to be able to surpass all your flesh, all the people watching. I remember in 1994, long-haired, ponytail, drug-dealing, dope-head, drunk. I'm talking about every day. When I walked into that place I worked carrying a Bible one day, it was fear and trembling. It was terrifying. But I knew I had to do it. I knew I had to do it. They had to know that I was no longer the same. And they found out as weeks and months went on that he's not changed. Something's happened to him. He's hit his head or he's OD'd or something. But I got involved in a Bible study and God just began to use me. But there has to be that radical, that violent, and I'm not talking about being mean and obnoxious and going nuts. I'm talking about the violence in your own heart that you break out of where you've been. And it only happens, my friend, by the power of the Holy Spirit who sees your faith, not you saying you have faith, not thinking you have faith. When he, The Holy Spirit only operates in our lives and brings us all that we need to find the will of God, to live in the will of God, when He sees that our hearts are believing unto righteousness in what Christ did at Calvary. Don't forget that. Too many people just waiting on God to move. They're going to be waiting. God's waiting on you to move your heart back to a place where you violently believe that Jesus died for you. You, my friend. He died for you. Somebody's watching this broadcast and you need to know this is a violent, radical Christianity is not just some churchy thing and we read a chapter today and pray. Christianity has been uh, pushed aside. It's just another religion all over the world. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ that is manifest. He don't want to make people know who you are. He wants people to know who He is in and through you. Praise God. But the Bible says, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, the offense of one, one time disobedient act of Adam toward God, we all died. We were all in Adam, and the moment Adam sinned, he offended God, and we all died born in that way to prove it. We're all sinners. Everybody is born sinning. We've talked about it. Much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. Now let's read that last portion that concerns Christ this morning. Much more. Oh, you need to say those words. Much more the grace of God. That's what God does, not what you do. Write that down. Never forget that. I don't care what the definitions you've heard of grace, and I'm sure or I hope that they'd all be right, but the best, most simplest form that will help you understand the Bible like never before is God's grace, is God doing something you cannot do, you don't deserve to have done, that needs to be done. God saved you by grace. 
God teaches you by grace. The apostle Paul said that I labor, even what we do, it's by the grace of God. It's by what God is doing in us. Paul said this. He said, I labor more than all the other disciples, all the other apostles, but I'm laboring by the grace of God. That means I'm doing it, what I'm doing, by the Spirit of God doing it in me and through me. Think about that. Write it down. The grace of God is God at work. God doing something that I cannot do. I don't deserve to have done. Think about it. Everything we do is by the grace of God. That means by the Spirit of grace, by the Spirit of God. Amen. Much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. Now, if you want to know what the gift of grace is, turn over to verse 17. We'll skip, then we'll come back and read through it. It's good stuff. Verse 17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace, abundance of what God did at Calvary, abundance of what God is doing now because of our faith in that sacrifice of Christ at Calvary. Watch this. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. That means by what he did. Grace only comes to anybody through faith in the death of Jesus. When our faith, our believing from the heart is right now today in what Christ did, not what I need to go do, even though I need to study the Word, I need to be a man of prayer, I need to, I need to be a man that brings tithes and offerings into the house of God for the, will, for the mission of God. And all these things are in the Bible for us to do by grace, not to do for grace. Grace only comes through the death of Jesus, Galatians 2 and 21, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. Grace only comes into the light. God only works in the truth. How many of you know that grace is only found in the truth? I'm going to show you that in the Bible this morning. For those of you who care to know, the rest of you, well, uh, you'll get saved one day and have a desire in your heart for the Word of God as well. But watch this, Colossians chapter 1, verse... Five, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, cannot separate those three things. If the word is not in gospel form, it's not the truth that can liberate you. Don't get it. I'm not going to get in that this morning. I'd love to because, oh, it helps the church, those that have ears to hear in the church. Verse 6, which is come unto you. What's come unto you? The word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world and brings forth fruit. What brings forth fruit? The word of the truth of the gospel, which brings forth fruit. Fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard of it and knew. That means you became attached to, involved with, experiential. The word know means experiential. Adam, the Bible says, knew his wife Eve and she conceived. To know something is to experience it. That's what the word know is in the Bible. 
It's an experiential knowledge. People that say, I know I need to be in church, but they're not in church. No, they don't know they need to be in church or they'd be in church. People that say, well, I know I need to be in the Bible. No, they don't know they need to be in the Bible because when they know they need to be in the Bible and learning God's Word, they're going to be in the Bible learning God's Word. They, they don't know it. Knowing is an experiential involvement. So watch this. Since the day you heard of it, heard of what? The word of the truth of the gospel. Again, you can't separate those three. If it's not the word in gospel form, it's not the truth. Since you knew the grace of God in truth. Where's the grace of God? In truth. Why does the grace of God have to be in truth? Because God's grace is God functioning, God doing something in you or through you, for you. But God only works in truth. Psalms 33, 4. Write it down for those of you who are new. For the word of the Lord is right and all His works are done in truth. That's why the grace of God can only be found in truth. It's not floating around. It does not come by what we do. It comes by our faith in what Christ did and that means dying for us on the cross. And when our faith is in what Jesus did, that one, that one righteous act, just like Adam had one offense to God, one time sin, one time disobedient, Christ came and obeyed God his whole life. But that's not what saved us. That's not what offered us the righteousness of God, the sanctifying power of God, the, the wisdom of God, the redemption of God. The, 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 it's not what offered us anything. It's through the death, that one righteous act of Christ in being obedient unto death, that offers us the grace of God, which is what God did for us to believe upon Him. And when we do, He saves us by that, and He gives us a free gift called righteousness. And it is by righteousness that we live. It's eternal life. Becoming righteous is your stepping into eternal life. Who is our Christ? Jesus Christ is our life. He's our eternal and abundant life. But think about this. And, and, and I hope you've gleaned something from that. But I want us to turn over. Uh, I just lost my train of thought, so let's go. Oh, yes, Romans chapter 8, verse 9, to show you what we're talking about. Verse 10, rather. Romans chapter 8, verse 10. The free gift of righteousness. Watch this. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. That means the body, you can't serve God with your body unless your faith is in the cross. Then your body just follows suit to your faith. But watch this. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. When you believed upon Christ and what He did in that one act of humbling Himself and becoming obedient unto the death of the cross... Jesus said, no man take my life from me, but I have power to lay it down and power to take it up again because I've received that commandment of my Father. See, the power of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, all that God offers is only offered to us through our faith in the death of Jesus. And here's where the church has missed it. 
not just a first-time believer. We do we get mercy, grace, and and everything that God has for us, and a redirection for our lives, and a brand new creation we become, and all the things that happen at the born again experience. But for the experience of all those things that we are now in Him and who He is in us, for all that to unfold, it still takes grace, God working in us, both to do and to will of His good pleasure. God carrying out the will of God in our lives. Yes, we are to continue to believe so that the fruit of Him working in us can be manifest in our lives. Praise be to God. The body's dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. And that only comes through grace. Listen, grace only comes through the death of Jesus And righteousness only comes through grace. Think about that. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. Write it down, Hebrews 2 and 9. Not for some, as some teach. Jesus, if you're a Bible believer, God's Word says Jesus tasted death by the grace of God. For all men. What's that mean by the grace of God? When we hear the word grace, we're talking about what God is doing. Even Jesus, who was God in body form, was being led by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace, to the cross. God, he listen, Jesus wasn't operating as God. He had to operate as a man trusting in the Spirit of God. Do you get that? And what Jesus did as a man for you and me, He did it in obedience to the Spirit of God. Led Him to Calvary. Think about that. I hope you're getting that today. Jesus, by the grace of God, by what God was doing in and through him. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. Let's look at it together before we run out of time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. To know that God was in Christ. Grace of God at work. Reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Think about that. God was in Christ. That's grace at work. The spirit of grace is the same as the spirit of truth, the comforter, the spirit of God, all the names of the Holy Spirit. Don't forget the spirit of grace. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God. It is the, His taste of death is the only avenue that we might taste of that grace by that measure of faith that He died by for us. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. It's the only way to taste of the Lord for anybody is to put their faith in, to let their hearts continually daily believe in that one act of righteousness toward God. That one obedient act, not all the obedient acts of Jesus, but the one that brought you into the picture where He represented you as a sinner. And when God saw your faith, your heart believing unto that righteousness, 
He accepted that and He immersed you into the very death of Jesus and He justified you, sanctified you, gave you that wisdom. Jesus being made all those things for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This will excite you. If it won't, then you're just not after the things of God. This is exciting not to just preachers, but for whoever has ears to hear. God wants to pour out on you. The Bible tells us through the writing of Peter that we're to be growing in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means what the Spirit of God will do through our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you believe it? We're out of time. I hope you join us every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. If not, go to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and make sure you share this. Copy and paste the, the, the YouTube channel onto your social media page and, and, and send people to the place they can hear God's Word as it is in truth in the gospel form. And until next time, God bless you, we love you, and stay determined to know nothing but Christ in Him crucified.